0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Wellness Her Way podcast. I'm your host, Gracie Norton, and I'm so excited to provide you with a space where you get to shape what wellness feels like to you. Wellness Her Way is where we make a home of our body, mind, and soul, instead of jumping on trends for short-term results. We've got one body. We're going to nourish it, love it, respect it, and embrace it through all its forms. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wellness Her Way. Today we have Joanna DeVries with us, also known as Grow With Joe. She's a personal trainer and has an incredible transformation story of her own. She started sharing workouts that helped her lose over 50 pounds in her living room, which helped her grow over 5 million subscribers on YouTube. I've done her workouts and they are so simple but effective and you can literally do them from anywhere. She also has a background in kinesiology and she shares a lot of insightful information when it comes to finding the right exercises, calorie density, and burning fat. She shares so many realistic tips to integrate into your day that will provide you with long lasting results. She's also just one of the sweetest humans that I've met and I know you guys are going to fall in love with her story. So let's get into it. I'm so excited to have you here. I do want to say that you were one of the first people that recreated one of my recipes. One of the first recipes I posted on TikTok was my anti-bloat papaya vote. Yes. And I saw you share it and I was like, Oh my gosh somebody's making my recipe no way! yeah and then I went to your page and I just fell in love with everything that you were sharing I started doing your workouts and I loved how simple but effective and fun they are so thank you I'm just so happy for my community to meet you if they don't already follow you and what I want to start with is diving into just the power of building simple and small habits because you had such an incredible transformation You lost 50 pounds Mm -hmm. and you did this all in your own living room. So you were Mm -hmm. the queen of simplicity and not needing a lot of outside resources to just make it happen and show up for yourself. Absolutely. yeah. I about dive into that, that
1: papaya vote, yeah. I was so, like, when you showed that to me or, or to your community, to me, I felt like it was so personal. <laughs> it was just for you. Yeah, it was just for me. I tried it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is really, really good. And I got really into your TikToks and everything about your skincare, about your routine, oh. your morning routine. And so when you reached out to do this podcast, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. That'll be so amazing. And I know that you're also about simplicity and dialing things back so that you start with the basics. So my first pregnancy with my son Kaizen was beforehand. I had definitely romanticized pregnancy and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, this is going to be such an amazing experience. I'm going to be pregnant. Everything's going to go beautifully. And it was kind of the opposite of that. While I was like super healthy and I felt like my pregnancy was going well. There were a lot of things like pregnancy sinusitis that made me slow down and fatigue, especially Mm -hmm. in the first trimester where I wasn't able to work out anymore. And before this, I was a personal trainer. So I was so like beforehand, knew everything that I needed to do while I was pregnant in order to stay fit, in order to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. But all these symptoms just came tumbling down on me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't stay active. I can't do the things that I want to do. I felt horrible about myself. I felt very kind of like an
0: out-of-body experience. I had that same exact feeling. Yeah. It's awful. And you can't really, yeah. until you experience it, yeah. you know? And it's just like, you must feel like either you're wearing a suit or you look in the mirror and like the person that you're looking at is just like, not you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And then in hindsight, seeing that and you're like, wow, like, A lot of people experience that on a day-to-day basis a lot of people feel that way and so during that process i had learned a lot about myself and how i like dealt with these emotions and it wasn't until after i gave birth and after i was able to start getting active again that i started to feel like okay like i can come out of this i can Mm -hmm. find myself again I can do these small things and these small habits to get me to a place where I am feeling like myself again. And so coming through that journey of pregnancy and then afterwards, before, I never really had that perspective. I went to school for kinesiology Mm -hmm. and I learned all about fitness. I learned all about how to take care of your body and how to be healthy. And I was teaching people how to achieve balance before I got pregnant. And then afterwards, I was like, wow, now I really have to put that into practice and really find new ways that I can start small and just keep going and keep going until I reach that version of myself that is how I feel my best. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that I've heard you mention, too, is that we're all beginners again at some point in our lives. So you know, you kind of knew how you wanted to feel and knew what you needed to do. But doing those steps and being that beginner again mm-hmm. is not easy, even when you know exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for you, you probably got to experience what it felt like to be a beginner, even as one of your clients. You know, mm-hmm. So what did that feel like when you were essentially starting over postpartum with your fitness journey?
1: <laughs> it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I can remember the first time that I worked out Larry was on the couch. My husband.
0: Larry's here with us.
1: <laughs> He's smiling over there. He's like, <laughs> I remember this too. He was holding Kaizen and he was recording me. And he was like, you know, keep going. You've got oh, this. And I'm so supportive. Yeah, he was so supportive. And honestly, I don't know if I could have gotten through that without that support because I didn't just feel like not myself, I also felt shame Mm -hmm. and guilt and all of these emotions where I was like, how could I let myself go this far? Yeah, I know I created a whole human. I know that this is part of the process, but I was like, you know, I know how to stay fit. I know how to stay healthy. And I just let myself completely go. And Being in that position and realizing that I have no choice but to pick myself up again and just go for it and to learn along the way that, you know, it's gonna be okay and that every effort that I put in is going to make a difference. And no matter how small the effort is, I remember my husband used to always say, like, I would cry every day. I would cry every day in my last trimester and I would cry every day in my the beginning of my postpartum period being
0: like I feel horrible. <laughs> I feel, I don't feel anything like myself. What did you, what what did that feel like? Horrible in the sense of like you were in pain or just like your mental health wasn't where you wanted it to be? All of the above. Of okay.
1: I was healing from a C-section. Mm-hmm. So it was like mentally I was in pain because I didn't have the birth that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the experience that I wanted. I didn't have the pregnancy that I wanted. And then going into the postpartum, I was healing from my C-section. I was starting completely fresh. Nothing that I had experienced or nothing that I was experiencing, I was like something that I expected. (laughs) And so I was feeling confused. I was feeling mentally just like, wow, okay, this is not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I was feeling depressed. I had postpartum depression. I was feeling physically like I was wearing a suit, like you said before. I couldn't even do a lunge or a squat. And I was like, these are very basic exercises. How am I not able to do that without my pelvic floor feeling like it's going to fall out? Mm -hmm. And that was extremely humbling, extremely humbling. I realized that, you know, I'm in this place and I have, I remember my mom telling me, she said, you have the option to just give up or You can use this experience to help other people that are going through it right now, that are going through in the future, that are going through this. You know, you can use this experience to either inspire others or you can let it break you down. So that's where I was. And I was like, you know what? With this first workout that I was doing, I was like, I'm going to... Larry, thank God he recorded it because a lot of people look at those videos right now and they see like how far I've come and they're like wow, okay, this gives me hope. Yes. This allows me to see that, okay, yeah, I'm in this place where my body looks just like yours and I'm still feeling hopeless. So this is giving me hope that I can just keep going. And if I just keep giving those efforts, those small efforts every day, it's going to get me to where I want to be. And my husband also used to tell me when I was crying, he would say, just focus on one thing. Just focus on one thing a day, one goal. Make one goal a day. If you do that, great. If you do more, amazing. Mm -hmm. But with that, and I really took that with me every time I practiced that one thing, it built more confidence in me. And then the next day I was like, "Okay, I'm able to come back and do this again and do it again and do it again and do it again. And then once I reached that place of more confidence, it just kept building and building and building. And that's what allowed me to get consistent.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, I feel like we were talking about this earlier when we feel like we have a huge obstacle to overcome, whether it's physically or mentally, We look at where we want to be and Mm. we just see everything that we think we may have to do to get there. Right. Mm. And I think some people think you have to go cold turkey and pile all of these habits on top of each other in order to see results. But the power of starting small and focusing on one thing is what compiles and gives you those long lasting results as opposed to looking for like quick fixes or band-aid solutions that, yeah, maybe initially you might see results in 2 to 3 weeks but it's not going to be maintainable. So I have a lot of admiration for the fact that you started small and you were super consistent with those things. I want to know what exactly you started with. So what was that one habit when you were talking to Larry that you were like, "Okay, I'm going to be consistent with this one thing." What was it?
1: Well, knowing me, I was an overachiever <laughs> and it became two <laughs> yeah. things.
0: She's like, "Well, the list is like maybe 10 steps long." No, yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> no the first thing was definitely movement. Okay. We were in Toronto at the time. I had okay. my son in Toronto, and so working out outside was mm-hmm. not really an option for me. I had in March 2020. Everybody knows what time of our history that yes, was, you know. Knows. And so we were struggling. I was like, you know, I'm not going to want to go to the gym. There's all the, these germs. I have a newborn. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to go outside. And when I went outside, it was okay, but it was freezing cold. So I would just move in my living room and I had programs that I had created previously, one called the Big Booty Tight Tummy Program and that I had created into video form. And these videos are 30, 45 minutes. So I would just focus on doing even 15 minutes, 20 minutes of them. I didn't have to complete the entire thing, but as long as I got up, got my body moving, And like doing it in my living room, I made a huge difference. I definitely started with pelvic floor work, which made a huge difference. I want to
0: talk to you more about pelvic floor because we're going to get into exercise. Yeah. That transformed my core, like the lower belly area. Yeah. And it completely changed even the way that I feel when I'm doing certain workouts. Like I just, my body feels so much stronger after focusing on that muscle.
1: Exactly. And so many of us don't even realize that until we actually do it. But yeah, I was doing a lot of like just movement small intervals of movement and then i said i'm an overachiever so the second thing was just like reducing my snacking because when i was pregnant i was always hungry and with breastfeeding i was also always hungry but reducing my snacking a little bit made a huge difference in terms of me being able to feel lighter and not like i'm wearing that suit Mm -hmm. so movement and snacking less.
0: Were there any tips that you have for reducing snacking? Well, one thing is to stay out of the kitchen. Okay. So go somewhere else in the
1: house. Yeah, like either get outside or mm-hmm. go somewhere else in the house or occupy yourself with something else. But if you're like really close to the kitchen or always in the kitchen, you're always going to be looking in the fridge, you know, walking back to the fridge for yeah, that it's next always snack. always within arm's reach. Exactly. That and drinking a lot more water. Mm-hmm. That was something that I didn't really do throughout my pregnancy. I loved ice, but water wasn't like something that I had made a routine of drinking a lot of. So the more water I drank, the less I was like snacky or hungry. And I realized, oh, I was probably just dehydrated.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I've increased my water intake a lot actually over the last few months. And I just have to make it fun, whether Mm -hmm. it's like putting some type of fruit in there Mm -hmm. or if I'm having like I have colostrum that's like a watermelon flavor, I'll put that in there Mm -hmm. and I have a nice big jug. And I used to be somebody that didn't think that like the cups mattered. But I'm like, if I have a good jug or a good cup, it just makes it so much easier to drink water. So we talked about the simple habits that, that you started with. And for somebody who's also wanting to work out from home, is there... Particular setup in the living room that is like the most conducive? Yeah.
1: So I definitely just kind of go with whatever I have. I've been in many living rooms since that point. Yeah. I was living in Toronto and then I moved to Florida and we've been in a couple houses then. So I've always had to move things around, but having a mat, one mat that you like that is a good quality mat. One that doesn't like pill when you like walk on on it. it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or like one that is cushiony as well. I find if you have like a really thin mat, it's just super discouraging and it actually hurts to work out. So, setting up a mat and if you have to push out a coffee table out of the way, then that's totally okay. But having that mat space is more than enough. And I think everybody. Has probably that amount of space even in your bedroom like I have a TV in my bedroom I know some people don't think that's like the greatest thing mm-hmm. but I use it in there as well and just being flexible with what's around you because sometimes your kids toys are gonna be all around you sometimes you're gonna have messy laundry yeah. and it's like distracting but just being flexible with that and using your mat as your like reference for space you'll be good
0: yeah I think people think that you need a gym membership Or to have some type of fancy equipment. And what I love about your workouts is it's just you, that mat space, and you're in your living room and you were able to have such incredible results. And I've also seen before and afters of your clients and people that just follow your workouts. So Mm -hmm. it's doable. Yes. You just need a mat and a little bit of space. Yes. A little bit of energy. Yeah. And you're good to go.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of people, they think like, that's not enough,
0: <laughs> you know? Yes. They, Why Why do you think that's a big misconception?
1: Because it's kind of been like in the health and wellness industry, it's been drilled into us. Like you need to go to the gym. You need to be lifting weights. You need to cut back on everything. You need to do all these things or you need equipment. You need this, 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 this. The consumerism in mm. us tells us we need all these things in order to get results. And I feel like sometimes when you realize, oh, it's all, you only need your body and maybe a mat and a water bottle. It's like kind of hard to wrap your head around that. You're like, wait,
0: you only need that? (laughs) Yeah, this whole time I was thinking A, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's incredible. You know I am all about simplifying my routine where I can, which is why I am such a big fan of AG1. This supplement has over 75 minerals, vitamins, and whole food sourced ingredients. I tried AG1 over two years ago, and it quickly became one of my go-tos, not only because of the quality, but also because of the taste, and I have tried a lot of different flavor combos with this, and one of my favorite ways to drink it is on ice with a splash of coconut water and half of a lime it is so refreshing and what i also like is that you don't need a frother or a mixer you can just give it a shake and the powder mixes so easily after drinking this consistently i noticed an improvement in my energy levels and also found that this is a great coffee replacement especially during my luteal and menstrual phase because of that nice little energy boost and my eating schedule tends to just change the most when i travel so what I like to do is toss their travel packs into my purse or in my suitcase so that I can make sure I'm getting in my nutrients while I'm on the go. I also like the AG1 ingredients are sourced for potency, absorption, and nutrient density so that I know I'm ingesting a good, high-quality product. So if you're looking to simplify your routine and you are a beverage girly just like me, I think you're going to love AG1 as much as I do. You can try AG1 and get one free year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com wellnessherway. That's drinkag1.com wellnessherway. That's drinkag1.com wellnessherway. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from addiction almost nine years ago, I have been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life. And I'm sharing everything with you from how to achieve optimal health and well being to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures. I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with the industry's top experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. talk more about consistency and habits and building routines. I know your routine has changed a lot now that you have two kids and I share a lot of morning routines on my TikTok. And I think there's a lot of things that are fun if you want to like really indulge yourself into self-care and have an extra morning routine. But I also think it's great to have simple Mm non-negotiables. I want to know where first you started to develop discipline and the ability to keep going when you weren't first seeing results. Because I think before even having a routine, that discipline is super important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So discipline, especially with kids, the moms out there know this. (laughs) It is not easy because kids are unpredictable. And, you know, one day they might be sick, one day they might be fussing. So finding a bare minimum, that is one thing that has saved me and has kept me consistent. A lot of people think that, you know, you have to be giving 100% every single day. You need to be doing at least this amount of workout and this amount of time spent doing this, but having a bare minimum, like a dance party or a 10 minute quick workout, having that as like, you know, I have this scheduled, I have a 30 minute workout scheduled or a 45 minute workout scheduled or I have a weighted workout scheduled. But if I don't, for whatever reason, have the time or my kids need more out of me, then I'll do this bare minimum, this 10 minute workout. Maybe it's with them. Maybe it's like, Maybe you're splitting it up between throughout your day. Maybe you're cooking and doing a dance (laughs) workout. But having a bare minimum has really set me up for success when it comes to discipline and staying consistent. And then also having a reward. So what's your reward? I like to have a smoothie. I make this smoothie that like kind of tastes like candy. What's (laughs) in it? I need another recipe. (laughs) There's frozen strawberries, dates, almond milk and a vanilla protein powder. Yum. Love mm. dates and smoothies. Yeah. So I good. honestly like mixing it up until it's like, there's still little chunks. Oh my. And then, yeah. You can kind of taste it, come up the straw. Yeah. And then you, like, you want, it want it a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah.
1: So I make that smoothie afterwards or it'll be like maybe something in my day that is reward as well. I like to not always have food rewards. Yeah. But like maybe I'm going to go for a massage or like, oh, if I complete my four workouts this week, then I'll be able to spend some time getting a lymphatic drainage massage or something that maybe it takes a little bit more effort to do with kids, (laughs) having kids, but it's a reward for you. And so when I think about that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to make sure it happens. Discipline doesn't have to be like dry and like it doesn't have to be something that takes away from your lifestyle. I used to think that having a schedule and having like a routine would make me like very restricted and And I would exactly and and then I can't do anything else. But it actually creates a lot of freedom. And when you do it the right way, which is like realizing that your type of discipline and your type of schedule is unique to you. And it's not going to look like the other girls on TikTok. It's not going to look like the other girls on Instagram. It's going to be unique to you and that it may change and you may have to give yourself grace throughout it. When you realize that, you know, you can do it your own way, then it becomes even more freeing because it's like, I don't have to be like anybody else. My type of discipline is not your type of discipline. But it looks like me doing me.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. And I think going back to what you said about the reward, it's so important, even if where you aren't where you want to be yet, because I think, you know, sometimes when we're at the beginning of our journey, we like to focus on the things that maybe aren't going right or like, Oh, I still feel, you know, exhausted or I'm not feeling great. And you like to prioritize those things in your mind and you only clock the things that like aren't working. Mm -hmm. So I think that reward is so important, especially Mm -hmm. at the beginning. Like, Hey, if I finish four workouts this week or if I drink, a gallon of water a day, whatever it is, you know, to have that reward, not just when you're feeling good, but when you're not feeling great too, to keep going and to train your mind that like, Hey, we're being consistent. We're doing great things and something good is going to come from this.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's incredible. I want to know with your clients in the past, like what are the biggest obstacles that have kept people from staying consistent?
1: I would say feeling lazy and just like not feeling like it or pushing yourself like really hard before the day before, mm-hmm. and then you're like so sore that you don't wanna work out anymore. <laughs> so that's why I always bring it back to and dial it back to, you know, do smaller workouts that are not too extreme for you, that will make you feel like you've, you're you accomplished, you got your workout in, but tomorrow you should be able to come back and come back stronger. And so definitely lazy, working out too hard, I mean, I wouldn't say lazy, uh, lazy. sounds like I'm calling them out.
0: You're oh, lazy. But Like we all have days where we just don't feel like it, yeah. but that's where discipline comes into play. Like you have to do these things even when you don't feel like it, yes, you know,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my wellness journey too, like it was not linear. I mean, I think sometimes you can see a before and after on social media and think, oh my gosh, they started here. Now they're here based off of the physical transition that took place. Mm-hmm. And I think people just think it's this, imagine this graph that's just going to, you know, it's just yeah. a linear graph. But like, for me, there were days I didn't feel great. So I want to know if you also had days like that. And then what you did on those days that maybe felt like setbacks, whether it's like physical, like the physical activity that you did or like that conversation that you had in yourself when you weren't feeling so great.
1: Yeah. When I have those days and I still have those days, even though I feel like I have more of a grip on, Routine and being consistent, Mm -hmm. I still have those days. And on those days, sometimes it just means being like, you know what, I'm not going to work out today. And that's okay. And I think realizing that is where your maturity when it comes to working out and your consistency like when you think about, oh, I'm not able to do a workout today. Okay, it's okay. I'm fine. I'll let it go. And tomorrow I'll come back stronger. If you are mature on your journey, you will be able to do that and not beat yourself up about it. And that takes time. That takes practice. And a lot of people call it giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. When you give yourself grace, that is like, it goes a long way because then it's like your mental is also included in it. But on the days where I'm like, I really need to push myself. I need to show up. I need to just go for it. I will always think about how I feel after my workout. So... I always feel amazing after I work out. I don't know if you said you've done some of my workouts. I'm always sweating at the end of my yes. workouts, always. <laughs> I always
0: have so much energy and it doesn't really feel like a workout. I feel like I got a really good workout, but at the same time, I don't feel like exhausted or drained or like that was a chore. Yes. I had to check off my list. Like exactly, just, yeah.
1: exactly. So yeah, I always think about like, oh, I'm gonna feel amazing after this workout. Yeah. And if I just push myself to do it, then halfway through, I'll be able to do it or I'll feel like I'm able to complete it. <laughs> and then also something that really motivates me is like, getting a cute set on, cute yeah, outfit. Yeah, cute workout set. Yeah. changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, I can do this. I'm Ooh, a girl. Good. Oh, yeah, God.
0: like, I'm checking myself out. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so that like really motivates me. And just like realizing the character that I'm building on those days where I struggle and I just am mentally not there. And I'm like, you know, I feel horrible. I don't want to do this. When I realize, okay, this is part of building character. This is part of building my consistency. This is part of my journey. And every single step that I take in the right direction is going to help. And so that's how it always comes back to like, you know, it's going to be a small thing, even if I don't feel like it. And then if I feel like that energetic feeling after my workout, then I'll do more. And if I have time, I'll do more. But always telling myself, okay, I'll only do a little bit and see where I'm at, that always helps me keep going and helps me actually get the workout in, especially when I don't feel like it.
0: I feel like too, there's a lot of just distractions in general. And we were talking about developing a routine that's unique to you Mm -hmm. early on. And I want to know with all this information that's out there and all the things that could potentially be distractions, what are some tips that you have for people to really develop their own routine and to get into that mindset of being able to be consistent?
1: Yeah, I would say following a schedule. Having a schedule is really transformational for myself and for a lot of people, because oftentimes when you come up against working out, you're like, okay, what do I do? What's actually going to work if I have a goal three months from now to look and feel like this? Is this actually going to do it for me? So whether that's you making a schedule, so writing down like Monday to Friday, this is what I'm going to do. Or finding a schedule online from somebody, either a fitness influencer or somebody that you like want to follow their workouts. I always have a schedule for my community, whether it's on YouTube or on our website, when people are like, what do I do? Where do I start? Mm -hmm. Having a schedule that you can come back to and be like, "Okay, Monday. Okay, this is my workout for today. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Instead and do you plan
0: of, that out on Sunday so that going into the week you know exactly what your workout week is going to look like.
1: Yes, exactly. And then if I know that like, you know, Wednesday is going to be a busier day, then I'm like, okay, maybe that will be my rest day and I'll move my other workout to my regular rest day. So, having that schedule really sets me up for success and also like writing things down the night before. So, if you are somebody who has like your mind racing, I'm nine. that way. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, And you're just like, I have no idea like what I'm going to do tomorrow or like I have so many things I have to do tomorrow. And writing down your priorities, maybe your top three priorities. And if movement is a part of that could be really transformational in getting consistent and having following that schedule. I think also just like realizing that your schedule is not always going to be predictable.
0: Mm -hmm. And being able to go with the the flow of of the day and how it may change. I think that's why your 10 minute workouts and things like that are so important, because even if you only have that time, let's say you only have five minutes and you have to split it up five in the morning, five at night. Like, I think knowing that there's a way to be flexible and still get it done is important. I think sometimes people think like if I don't have 60 minutes to work out like when you say workout, for some reason 60 minutes is always the time frame that comes to mind. Yeah. I have to set aside a whole hour. And if I don't have that whole hour, I'm not gonna see results. So I might as well not do it at all. Yeah. You know, but like even just that movement and building that habit, whether it's 10 minutes, 15, 20, what I feel like is so important to just reinforce that consistency.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's where you start to see the real changes and and the real results. I wanna move into nutrition. This is something you talk about too on your YouTube. I know you mostly share workouts. For those who don't want to count calories and you've mentioned this before, how do you suggest people learn more about like nutrient density and calorie density and what how important is that when they're changing their nutrition?
1: Yeah, nutrient density is super important, especially if you don't want to be counting calories. For me, I before I had my first pregnancy, I was doing fitness to the max and I was counting calories and I was being very careful about what I was eating. And it became to a point where it was very toxic. And I think that calorie counting has its place and that a lot of people can actually learn about nutrient density through calorie counting. So maybe even if you were to start your journey with a tool like MyFitnessPal, Or using a tool like that can set you up for like learning what has more nutrient, like more protein in it, more carbs in it, more fats in it, better types of fats. You can definitely use tools like that. But if you go too far with it, it can be very detrimental to your journey because then you start thinking like, okay, it has to be exact and it has to be this way. When I moved from calorie counting to focusing on nutrient density, I definitely learned a lot more about how my body could feel mm. as opposed to what the math is behind yeah, the calories. Can you
0: give me an example?
1: Yeah. Going from calorie counting to nutrient density, I was a little bit more careful about how was grocery shopping, okay. for example. So instead of going inside the middle aisles, I would go on the outside and I would realize, okay, fruits, veggies, lean proteins, lean meat, and realizing that all of these things are going to make me feel more full. They're going to fuel me. They're going to help me build muscle. They're going to help my metabolism. And going from just being like, oh, okay, there's like 100 calories in this Oreo to, oh, there is 100 calories in this bowl of salad, for example. It's making me feel like I am having enough micronutrients, so vitamins, minerals, and going into a space of I can eat more (laughs) (laughs) instead of just restricting and reducing how many calories I'm having. So I don't know if that was a good example. No, but... I think that
0: was a great example. I think <laughs> when you think about, yeah, let's say like an Oreo or like an avocado, it's like, okay, yeah, like I can have one Oreo for the same calories. It's like half an avocado. I'm just going to choose the Oreo. Yeah. But if you're so hyper-focused on the calories and things like that, you forget about the nutrients. And and I have never been a fan of calorie counting. It's just not my thing. And sometimes I'll even see comments on my videos of like, I can never eat that. It's so many calories. And if it's something that works for you, I think that's great. And I think at in, in the beginning of your journey, it can have its place just so you can understand what's in the food that you're eating. But it's not something that I could ever do consistently because no. I just can't imagine trying to keep up with it.
1: No, definitely And not.
0: it almost caused a lot of stress. And I think stress really plays a part on digestion and how your body just digests food in general. So yeah. for me, it was just one of those things that added stress. So I think understanding the density and the nutrients are almost more important than Focusing on the calories. Yeah. Another thing that you touch on too, that I think is super important for beginners and women that may struggle with their hormone health is glucose levels and how to control those. Mm -hmm. So what would you recommend for somebody who's new to learning about glucose levels and why they're important? I actually
1: listened to a podcast. It was over a year ago. And it was with the Glucose Goddess on it. And she was talking about how glucose can change your mood. It can change your energy levels. It can change your hormones. I had never thought about it that way. I had always thought, I always remembered that when I had high carb foods in the morning, sweet foods in the morning, I would be craving sweets for the entire rest of the day. But I never understood why that was so until I heard this podcast. (laughs) And she explained how when you have glucose, like when you have sugars or high refined carbs in your diet, and you're not clothing them with fats or protein, your blood glucose spikes. And then that's what causes those cravings. That's what causes you to be hungry all the time. That's what causes crankiness, crashes in the afternoon. (laughs) And she explains different methods that you could use to curb that glucose spike. And one of them that I use every day pretty much is having a leafy greens. So having leafy greens before you have your carb dense foods, or just starting my day with something that's protein rich and high in proteins and fats, that's going to make me feel satiated. And throughout the rest of the day, I'm not feeling like I need to reach for sweets. That has changed my life. And actually, when I heard this episode, I was in the midst of trying to get pregnant with my my now daughter. And I felt like my hormones were off. I felt like, you know, you know, as a woman, you just know when something's you just off. You're yes. just like, okay, there's something going on. Yeah. And I think that this was like that click the that I was moment. like, whoa, okay. And I started practicing that and doing it every day. And I did it for a month. And within that month, I got pregnant. Not no saying way. that you will get pregnant <laughs> if you do this, but... That was definitely transformational in how I felt. I lost more weight without even trying when I was controlling my glucose levels and I got pregnant. My hormones fared themselves out. So I stick by that. I'm always like, you know, glucose is very, very, very important in terms of how you control it. And for me, I love my sweets. And so having a hack that will help me realize, you know, scientifically, that is actually helping my body to have those leafy greens or have that protein or fats with the carbs. I was like, yeah, I can keep my yeah. my sweets. I can keep my the things that I like in my diet, but do it in a way that my body is receiving it in a better way. And it's not creating detrimental things for my health
0: yeah that was a big thing for me just with eating refined sugar in general because i would wake up and have a smoothie and like going back to food signals and something you've shared a lot is that what you consume especially first thing in the morning is a signal for what you want your body to do right so it's like if we're eating protein we're starting with high protein and then we do a workout we were wanting to build muscle Mm -hmm. so if people are consuming this sugar what signal is that telling your body So replacing that with a high protein breakfast is one of the changes that worked really well for my body and improved my hormone health. What is your overall approach to nutrition in general?
1: It's changed over time. For some time I was doing intermittent fasting and that helped me a lot. I think intermittent fasting is a great tool. I know some people will buck up against it and say like, oh, no, that's not good for you. Not good for your hormones. But it helped me be in a caloric deficit without Actually, counting calories. And it also helped me with that whole like crash thing. And then, first meal, I would always have something that's savory with protein in it. But now, right now, I'm in a space where everything is so hectic that (laughs) I'm not even really able to think too much about what I am consuming on a day to day basis. But it pretty much stays the same. I have my dad, or my parents are staying with me right now. So, they wake up, my dad makes me eggs, a little bit of turkey bacon. So that's like a savory breakfast It's great. I have it with my coffee and that's usually after my workout. And then throughout the day, what I focus on is usually having leafy greens, lean protein. And then if there's some carb sources, like maybe some fries or anything that's really available to me, I'm like, okay, I'll have that too. But whenever Larry asked me, for example, okay, we're at work, he's like, what do you want for lunch? And we often order out. That's like something that people are like, you know, you have to stop ordering out and getting Uber Eats in order for you to lose weight. But when you're actually smart about it and you think about, like, okay, I need protein, I need some micronutrients, some, some vitamins. Having a nice big salad or a bowl with protein in it that goes a long way in terms of how you feel because I'm filming, doing workouts, and in terms of how you like are just feeling on a day de- like on a daily basis, just feeling more energetic mm-hmm. and not heavy. That's another thing. Like if you're gonna have pasta at lunch, uh, it might taste good, yeah, <laughs> but you're gonna feel heavy for the rest of the day. So yeah. not that you shouldn't, but. When you are really conscious about like what is in your food, it makes a huge difference on how you feel throughout the day.
0: If you were to go back to the beginning of your wellness journey, because I'm sure before you started, there were mistakes that you made. I know I made a lot. What would you do differently?
1: Yeah. Now that I'm in my second postpartum period, I'm actually able to start over and do those things that I would do differently now. and so I'm you're starting- living it? Exactly. Yeah. I'm living the what I would do differently because I did feel like a beginner again after my second postpartum. So I was like, oh, this is my opportunity to just do things differently. Yeah. And I did that throughout my pregnancy as well. During my pregnancy, I was very active and it was like night and day compared to my first pregnancy. Yeah. But A few things that I would have done differently for the first time that I'm doing differently this time is more protein, more, more, more protein, especially first thing in the morning. We just talked about that and throwing the scale away. Now, I didn't throw my scale away. I like to weigh my daughter to see how much she's growing, (laughs) but I don't use it. I used to use it every day or every other day. And that was very discouraging for me. In my first three months of my first postpartum, I didn't lose any weight at all. My weight stayed the same, even though I was consistent with my workouts, even though I was seeing changes in my body, I was seeing the same number on the scale every time I stepped on that scale. And so I would wake up in the morning, step on the scale and then be like, oh, it didn't change. And that was automatic discouragement right off the bat. And so this time I've been like, you know what? I'm going to weigh myself once a month, if that. And going from December to January, sorry, January to February these past months, I even did that and I was very similar weight, even though my body had changed so much, And that was discouraging. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just like not use the scale at all. And that has been completely transformational over the past few months now that I've been just focusing on how I feel, focusing on how my body is changing, how I'm fitting into my clothes. I'm not focused on a number that is changing because, you know, that only tells you so much. And so, and by so much, I mean very, very, very little. Yeah, It tells you very little about how you're feeling, very little about your health, very little about the progress that you're making. There's so many more measures of progress that mean so much more to your day-to-day life and to what you're going to carry throughout the rest of your life that make a difference comparing to the scale. So throwing my scale away is definitely one that I might still do, <laughs> But I I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, like, once you see that number, like you said, especially if you're doing it in the morning, Mm -hmm. you're telling your brain, okay, I'm not making any progress. There's so many other ways to measure. Yeah. Do I have more energy? Yes. Is my skin glowing? Is my hair getting thicker? Yeah. Am I I more
1: present for my Mm -hmm. kids? Exactly. And that kind of leads me to the last thing that I would change or that I would do differently is just focusing on how I feel over how I look. Because, you know, fitness. It's a great tool to look better and to feel more confident about yourself. But if you're not really measuring in with yourself about how you're feeling daily, like more energy, feeling more present, feeling more worth, even fitness is it it just becomes a numbers thing. It just becomes like something that you're trying to achieve for yourself that you'll never really achieve the true results of it if you're just focused on how you look. And now being a mom of two, it's like I could look amazing, but if I'm not feeling great, I am not showing up for them in the way that I should. or I'm not showing up for my husband in the way that I should or for the people that look up to me. And so looking great is just an added benefit. And Having that mindset where it's an added benefit of working out and that you're actually working out for all these other reasons, it really transforms the way you see working out and the way you see wellness and taking care of your body and eating right.
0: I couldn't agree more the moment I stopped focusing on what I looked like and I just kind of accepted like this is just where my body is at right now. Mm -hmm. It was almost like my body transformed quicker after that. The pressure came off and I started to see results so much quicker. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much power our minds have
1: mm-hmm. during
0: our wellness journey. Mm-hmm. You could definitely that we
1: attribute yourself. that a little bit to the stress that, yes, that that brings.
0: 100%. More on common mistakes. I know you made a whole video on YouTube about the eight biggest fat loss mistakes. Can you go through a few of these? <laughs> I think one
1: thing that a lot of people get caught up on when they're trying to lose fat and gain muscle is they think that there's one superior form of exercise. And there isn't Pilates is great. Walking in your living room is great. Going to the gym, lifting weights is great. All these things are going to help you get to that goal. But thinking of one of them as like, okay, I have to be doing this in order to achieve my goals is going to be counterproductive, especially if you don't like that one thing. So finding something for yourself that is sustainable, that will help you lose weight and gain muscle which could be walking in your living room or lifting weights in your living room that can get you results Yeah, and focusing on the things that you can do, the things that are accessible to you. I think also one of the things that you said a while ago was that we think about 60 minute workouts and that's the only way for you to lose fat and gain muscle, but 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes even can change your body. It can totally change your body, especially if you're doing nothing right now. If you're not working out at all, if you're not doing anything towards your wellness, that that one thing can completely change things for you. I often get people in my comments saying, oh, you can't do just that. I'm giving them a voice. (laughs) You can't do just that to lose weight. But really, if you are not eating in extreme surplus, if you're eating and you're not gaining weight or losing weight, you're just maintaining, if you are adding exercise, that is your caloric deficit. That's what's going to help you lose weight. And I think we often think of all the things that we have to do in order to lose weight and gain muscle. But it can be very, very simple if you don't overcomplicate it. So you can do walking workouts to lose weight, I would say.
0: (laughs) What about, what about common mistakes or something? If you're scrolling on TikTok or Instagram, is there anything you've seen that you're just like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just put out a video and debunk this once and for all when it comes to like weight loss or exercise in general?
1: I would say intensity. Like if you're focused too much on like going really hard and like you have to sweat in order to get like the fullness out of your workout and just focusing on intensity over consistency, that is going to lead you down the wrong path. I feel like there's a lot of people that are like, you know, this workout has to be really, really hard in order for you to achieve any results. And that's also what a lot of people come at me for. They're like, this workout looks too easy. There's no way that you got those results from just this.
0: Right. Because a lot of your videos I've seen. So you have this one series called Walk the Weight Off. Mm -hmm. And if you can explain what that is, I know you're kind of like marching in place. Mm -hmm. And I think some people may look at that and think. Okay, this is not going to do anything for me.
1: So walking the weight off is something that I personally did to lose weight. Walking on the spot when you don't have a treadmill or you don't have all this equipment, it can completely change your body because you are doing continuous movement. Your body is not used to continuous movement. So if you are walking on the spot, doing exercises in between, that's what the walk the weight off series or challenge is. That is going to completely transform your body because you're keeping your heart rate up. You are activating muscles that you're not necessarily using on a daily basis. And that continuous movement, you're going to be in the heart rate zone. A lot of people think that fat burning is like extreme, like 100% heart rate max or like just going the hardest, but your fat burning zone is actually at 70% your heart rate max. So you should be able to talk to a friend while you're working out, slightly breathless, but you should be able to talk to a friend. And it's a lot easier actually to reach that heart rate zone through walking. And that's why it's so effective walking the weight off, because... Walking is something that most people can do. And you're at that heart rate zone where your body's actually going to be using fat as fuel rather than using carbohydrates where
0: you're at a high intensity. So that's why it works. And then you also have the Reclaim Your Power with PCOS. Yeah. So if you're listening and... You want an exercise to follow up for that. I think that's a great resource. And then you also have some dumbbell strength training. But I think walking and strength training are like two things Oh yes. that are so important. I mentioned this recently in a solo episode, starting simple, mm-hmm. but like building muscle and then making sure you're in that zone and not stressing your body out if you are new. Yes. It's huge. Absolutely. I want to end by just talking about the role of sleep and stress and motherhood, because I think recovery is so important, especially if you are new into your wellness journey. So do you have any tips on prioritizing recovery or your wellness wind down routine to really prep and prime your body for the next day?
1: Yeah. So my daughter is four months right now, so I'm still not having a full night's sleep. And I do realize that not only for me, but for all postpartum moms when they're so focused on weight loss and they're like, why is it not coming off? There's so many things that can hinder that like breastfeeding, but also like your sleeping routine and your stress levels. Right now, for me, my routine is very, very simple. Before I had my second child, it was a little bit more extensive and I had room to do that. But like I said before, adjusting to what is unique to you makes a huge difference. So right now I have my skincare routine. That's something that's really important to me that... I've been able to create a routine over the last year or so. And that has not only transformed my skin, but also given me that time to myself to just really take care of myself. And you don't really realize it until you're actually doing it that, When you're applying lotions or creams or doing something for yourself, like having a nice long bath or a nice long shower, taking that time for yourself is like a mental no. And it reminds you, like, you know, I need to be doing these things for myself because I got to take care of myself in order to show up for others. So I do my skincare routine and then I get the kids down for bed. That is a challenge because both of them want me to put them to sleep. I mean, sometimes my son, he's almost four now. He he likes when dad comes up, but he wants me. (laughs) He's a mama's boy. (laughs) So I put him to sleep or I'll put Amaya to sleep and then I'll go upstairs and put him to sleep. And then I'll come back down and put her to sleep. So by the time that's done, I'm like exhausted. And so I just have I actually have magnesium. That's something that I think I learned from you. Yeah, I learned that. I definitely learned that from you. So I take that every night before I go to bed and that definitely impacts the quality of my sleep because yes. I do wake up to breastfeed throughout the night and that helps me tremendously because I wake up and I'm like, okay, I actually felt like I slept.
0: You feel a little bit more rested. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I take that little bit of pillow talk, chat it up, and then I'm out. I'm done. So it's very simple, but it works for me and it makes sure that I wake up the next day feeling relatively good. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like just like realizing that routine will change over time and that, you know, optimizing sleep and stress is very important.
0: It plays a huge role on our health Like stress, the impact of stress, even just like I said, the way we digest food, the way we just carry ourselves throughout the day. And it relates back to our thoughts, too. What is maybe one to two pieces of advice that you have for somebody listening who's a beginner and just does not know where to start or needs a little bit of encouragement?
1: In terms of encouragement, I would say... Babe, you got this. First of all, you got to know that you are the boss. You can show up for yourself and you're the only one that can do that. Just dial in, focus on the simple and small things that you can do on a daily basis, whether that's five minutes or even 10 minutes, that is enough. I cannot tell you enough that that is enough. Make a plan and just stick to it. There will be days where you will not feel like it or days where you are not able to follow that plan. But if you have that plan, at least you'll have something to stick to and something to look back on and be like, this is what I did. And sooner rather than later, you're going to be looking back and be like, wow, look at where I came from. Look at where I am. And it's all because I focused on a couple things a day and I'm a better person because of it. So just focus in on those small things. And you got this. You
0: got the power. You got the power, girl. Yeah. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, follow along with your workouts and your socials?
1: Yeah, you can find me on all of my social media platforms. All of your social media platforms. Grow with Joe. You can find me on YouTube if you want to try a new
0: workout. Our YouTube is amazing. The Thank workouts you. <laughs> are so much fun. Everybody needs to go do at least one of the of okay. the workouts. They're that so much fun. That would make me so happy.
1: Yes. <laughs> YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest are Grow with Joe. And then if you want to follow a schedule, I have a website called Grow with Joe Home, and that gives you a weekly schedule that you can follow every single day. And then we take the weekends off. So it sets you up where you can just literally go on the website and it tells you the workout of the day.
0: That's incredible. Your story is so inspiring. And again, I felt like I know you just through socials, but to be here with you in person has been so great. You radiate so much light and kindness. And I know that you're changing so many people's lives. So it's just an honor to have you on. Thank you, Gracie. Thank you for hanging out. The pleasure was online. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me today. You can catch a new episode of Wellness Her Way every Monday. I want to hear from you, so please subscribe, leave a review for this podcast, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Be sure to follow at Wellness Podcast on Instagram to connect with me and send in all the questions and topics you'd like to hear about. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this amazing community. I'll see you next week.